want to start it. <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> Fuck you, COVID. <laughs> um. <laughs> Fuck this stupid life. <laughs> How about? Well, we got to introduce our the name of the podcast and everything. All right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> This is wait who who are we? What is happening? <laughs> That's how we'll start it. Um, you are listening to crying. Amazing. Crazy. For real. Can you believe it? Oh, I'm Mel. And I'm Del. <laughs> oh, I don't have a drink. I just finished my last sip of tea, so. Oh, you're just teeing it. <sighs> yeah, cause I can't breathe. And I don't want to be coughing. Oh. She doesn't have COVID, though. I don't. To I clarify. Just have asthma. I have yeah. asthma. And, I mean, that's the epitome of 2020. Like, no drink, no fun. <laughs> I know. I know. So, hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to our first episode of 2020. Welcome to basically our first... It feels like the first episode ever because... Um, <laughs> welcome to our first episode of 2020. <laughs> For the That'll record, probably air in 2021. Yeah. For the record, it is December 29th. Yes, and I have officially been at home since lockdown for 293 days. Wow, I haven't done a countdown. Um, you could ask Siri how many days. Do you know when your last day was at work? Um. It was in March. I think we did it a couple days before it was like official. We did we started a little bit early. Yeah, ours was March 11th, which was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and then the mm-hmm. following Monday was the real deal. Yeah. Well, duders, um, fuck, man, a lot has happened. I know we're recording across the interwebs. <laughs> yeah. So we are. Um, well, first off, um, I you know. It's been really challenging because I've been in carbonite. I've been frozen in carbonite <laughs> for all of 2020, <laughs> like Han Solo. So I don't know what's yeah. going on right now. All of a sudden, everyone is really into crying, which right? Del and I are kind of trailblazers in that regard. Yeah. I think we've been, um, we set we the stage. The curve. Yeah. We got you guys ready for this year. We primed you. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you've all just been crying this whole year mm-hmm. at every chance you have. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like we obviously haven't recorded any episodes because it took us this long to figure out how to do it online. And also, <laughs> but I will preface that by saying it it didn't take us this long to figure it out. It took us this long to start to try to figure it out. <laughs> Because it's not like we've been like chipping away at this trying. for a year yeah, and yeah. trying and trying. <laughs> it's more like we thought about how we should should try to figure it right, out. Right, And like then saw everyone started potting. Like literally every favorite celebrity you have has a podcast. Yeah. Now. Like all the comedians, all the out of work actors, like it's just a super flooded space. But, but again, we were ahead of the curve and then, yeah. you know, who knows how this is going to sound we're doing it differently, but you yeah. know, that's and what... also I think we just were living 
the daily crying lifestyle that we just didn't feel the need to like talk about it because everyone's crying all the time. Mm-hmm. So like, do we need to talk about it? Yeah. Do you need another thing to cry about? Do you need to hear this type of stuff? So we've been kind of reevaluating mm-hmm. our podcast theme in general a little yeah. bit, just like our format. And yeah. um, and I think too, like we both became numb to everything. Like. Mm-hmm. We just stopped, we were crying at everything, but then like the good things that we would podcast about, like, don't make me cry anymore. Right. We're just like, fuck you and your good news. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah. I know we became like definitely bitter, a little bit bitter. Um, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I know, it's kind of hard to talk about, huh? I know. It's a little sad. Um, but in Plus- terms of, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with the racial, social justice awakening and lens that's now on everything that should have been there in the first place, it just, like, the feel-good stories, I'm just like, yeah, whatever white lady, like, of course it's easy for you to, like, do this cool thing for whatever, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, I think... um... They're, yeah, they're, we're looking at things with a, a little bit of a different, different lens, I think, now, um, in terms of just being a little bit more aware of our own privilege, too, I think, for me, at least. Yeah, and um, too, like, there's the layer of pandemic privilege, mm-hmm. you know, like, fucking don't travel, but people are still traveling and having right. parties and, like, getting tested and, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so many layers of life. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty wild. It is pretty wild. But speaking of life, just in general, since we haven't recorded in a while, what is the the brief life update? Like what, you know, obviously we know the context that we're living in right now, but like what's going on with you? You're working from home. I'm working. Edgar and I have been super lucky to both been able to keep our jobs. And I had a short, brief period of um, not a stipend. What the fuck is it called? Uh, Stimulus check? No, when you like your hours are cut. <laughs> There's a word. Oh, uh, f- not furloughed, but um. Yes, furloughed. Oh, Thank hi. You. Yeah. <laughs> I had a brief period of furloughed Fridays, but I kind of loved it. Um, <laughs> and also, like, just shout out to where I work. I'm not going to say their name, but like all the top level executives took a fat fifty percent pay cut. So that fifty percent. Yup, so that we could all keep our jobs, which is like so literally awesome. cut their salaries in half. In half, so that we could all not get fired. Um, that is wild. Yeah, like what? You don't need to make a half a million dollars a year? Who would have thought? Yeah. But, um. Oh well, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. So. Yeah, just working, uh, trying to not get too fat, and but also, like, trying to not care about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, it'll be fun to go back to work and see everybody's fat ass. <laughs> yeah, for real. We, like, we all look okay from, like, the tits up in our Zoom calls. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, just working a lot, baking a lot, eating a lot. I had surgery a few months ago, mm-hmm. a super minor surgery. That was weird and scary to be in a hospital. Can I tell you something about that? Yes. Um, your surgery. So, you know, you posted that picture of yourself with that thing coming out of your nose. <laughs> and I drew a portrait of you. <laughs> But it faded. I'm not even kidding. Like, it faded in the sun. I was going to... Well, I wasn't sure if I was going to show it to you because I was like, I don't know if she's going to approve of this because it was I very... approve. I approve. I approve. Um, Chris was like, don't show her that. But it uh, it faded. It faded in the sun for some reason. Or I don't know. I did it in light pencil and, like, I oh, left wow. it sitting out on the counter and it faded. Yeah, but, that's um, so crazy. I did draw a portrait of you, so just picture it. I love it. Um, maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure out how to um, like archaeo archaeologically like dust it off or something. Conservation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's literally my whole year is just working from home, eating a lot, and getting a surgery. <laughs> yeah. That's what. Yeah. And having weird holidays. Yeah. What about you? What do you do? Oh, well, hmm. My <laughs> life since March has gotten pretty weird. Uh, so, well, first off, I started back in January of this year, January 2020. Late January, started a new job at a different nonprofit. And uh, so I was only working in the office there for about a month and a half before COVID hit. And but I was really proud of how I'm on the leadership team for this nonprofit. And I'm really proud of how we all kind of pulled together and figured out just what to do with the global Mm -hmm. pandemic in terms of, um, you know, how how to handle our employees and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we were a little bit ahead of the game. So I was very happy with um, I was just happy with how smoothly we were able. I mean, of course, it wasn't smooth and in the best in the right <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> so anyways um it wasn't perfect it wasn't perfect uh so yeah so been remote working since then um my husband did get laid off chris got laid off and at first he was furloughed but then he got laid off they only had like a few staff come back at his at his mm-hmm. place so rather than pay expensive rent in la uh we decided that we would move in with my mom in my hometown of the Oxnard of California. So we're here in Oxnard uh, living with my mom and uh, paying rent. She also got laid off, laid off. So, you know, it's like a twofer yeah. helping helping her out a bit. She's helping us a lot with Juna. And uh, I feel like that happened five years ago. <laughs> dude, it's been a long, it's been six months. It's been six months. Wow, that's it. Yeah, well, it doesn't feel like it's <laughs> it feels like it's been a really long time. So we're here and we really love it out here actually uh in terms of being next to the ocean and you know, uh there's a lot of green space out here. We run around parks and go to the beach a lot and the beaches here are not nearly as crowded as LA, so it's really easy to social distance at the beach. And so we do that a lot. And my mom has a backyard. So uh, Juna, my daughter, can run around in the backyard. 
So it's been mostly good, uh, but obviously really eager to get our own place whenever that happens. Yeah. So we're just kind of waiting it out until we have some money saved up. So, uh, but again, going back to privilege, how lucky are we to have, um, you know, sort of like this fallback fallback yeah. plan of being able to, you know, have a family member that owns pretty even, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, somebody yeah. who owns their house. Right. Just thinking about that the other day. So yeah, that's pretty wild. And being in my hometown is kind of interesting during a global pandemic because like I do see people from high school. Like, first off, I haven't lived here since I was an adult um and so i moved out when i was 17 so or not yeah 17 so it's been actually 17 years and uh so anyways i run into some people from high school but they don't see me because i'm wearing a mask nice (laughs) so it's kind of nice i get to avoid the small talk yeah yeah okay okay so yeah, yeah that's basically my crazy life update yeah actually I forgot we also moved like the month before the pandemic hit. So we were going to get kicked out of our, we were getting gentrified out of our house in Glassell Park. So we had to move anyway, but we like, it happened like literally the month before. So that was really fortunate and awesome. And yeah, it worked out really well. Yeah. Your place is rad. I'm glad I was able to visit it before. I know. That felt things like went crazy. Years ago too. It was, dude. It was a long time ago. Dang. <sighs> but guys, time. we're back and you're fucking <laughs> celebrating right now. You are so stoked. <laughs> you're so excited. Um, so do we want to talk a little bit about how we, we decided, you know, to change up our format just a little bit? Yeah. So we decided instead of having the entire episode be about crying stuff because, like, mm-hmm. you know, everything, everything, guys, everything. That's why. Because of everything. We're going to um, pay tribute to the title of our mm-hmm. podcast. So we're going to talk about something that's crying. We're going to talk about something that's amazing. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about something that is crazy. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we both have the same crazy one. I think we do. And that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk. We'll just dive into our are typical what made you cry or what's making you cry besides Um, life in general yeah (laughs) I mean I feel like all the obvious things like you know the COVID vaccine and the Dolly Parton relation (laughs) the election results that was more like a, a a relief cry like after Kamala's speech I just told Edgar like I'll be right back. I need to go in the bedroom and cry. And I like got under the covers and I just like cried like an animal for like a half an hour. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, like we're going to have a COVID plan. Um, so just like lots of relief. And then, and then the other thing that I've been finding a lot of joy in is kind of these COVID time marriage proposals. Mm. Um, I have a friend at work and her boyfriend like they went to go pick up food I think from like their favorite restaurant spot and like when they came out you know they were both all masked up and when they came out he just like got on a knee and proposed and like you know it was really sweet and she didn't know but another girl in her car waiting to go in 
caught the whole thing on camera. Oh, nice. And like, yeah. And like sent it to them and like she posted it. And I was like, and the girl in the car was like crying. And I was like, that's really cool. Like you got to share that with a stranger. You got to make a stranger like feel a sense of joy of in this like, and that was like kind of in the beginning when everything was really horrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're returning back to horrible levels, but <laughs> so it was really sweet. And then, um, you know, uh, Abby Jacobson from Broad City, she did a really cool post recently about this guy that she met in March in quarantine. Like she was standing in her driveway and there was like a big dead rat in the driveway and he walked by and just said, oh, hi. And like, do you need some help? And like she he helped her with the rat and then like they became best friends during a pandemic. And so he decided that he wanted to proposed to his girlfriend and so she was like the wingman to his proposal and the girlfriend worked at a county er in la and so he like waited outside and she was like getting off of her COVID shift and like he like dropped to one knee and like proposed outside of the hospital like everyone was crying and cheering so it was like you know he brightened her day obviously and like at the end of her shift and you know, she just wrote that like witnessing love is recharging, life affirming and stays with you. And then she posted it all and, and said, I thought you might need a little witnessing. So I just, I, I really love, yeah, like the COVID era marriage proposals. Yeah. There's like a all lot masked of, up. Yeah. When we were talking about, you know, getting the podcast back to, back together. Yeah. Getting the band back together. Um <laughs> Del was talking about COVID kindness as sort of a theme. And that's what this makes me think of. It's kind of like those little kind, like heartwarming moments. Totally. Yeah. The, uh, for, I did. So my dad, my dad lives in a nurse nursing home. And so he hasn't been able to see anyone this whole time since March. Like, so he lives in, in back East on the East coast. So I don't see, you know, I hardly ever see him. And, but my aunt, uh, would visit him, you know, once a month or something like that. So she hasn't been able to see him, but she drops off little packages for him. And I hadn't seen him in a long time, but I figured out, like, I guess their recreation department has a tablet. They have like a rec department for the nursing home that does like activities with, with the residents there. And so they we scheduled a time on Christmas. So I was able to do FaceTime with him. Oh, cool. And that was really, really sweet. That was something that obviously made me extremely emotional and sob a lot after the call. But um, it was cool because then at the end, like, the nurse turned the the tablet around. I got to see her, and she had, like, that huge plastic shield on, a mask on underneath, and, like, but her plastic uh, face shield thing, it had, like, lit up uh, Christmas lights on it. (laughs) And so I was like, that was really sweet. I thought, oh, they're, you know, they're walking around with their flair, and um, it was kind of cool because we, uh, my aunt picked out presents from grandpa and like mailed them to Juna, but they weren't wrapped. It was just like, you know, ordered online. So I wrapped them. So like when we did FaceTime with my dad, she unwrapped the presents in front of him. And even though he doesn't really know what's going on, uh, because of his MS, he still like was super 
like excited to see Juno. You know, like everyone loves seeing little toddlers. And she was so sweet. Like she was like, I love you, Grandpa. And like, thank you, Grandpa. And she really just, she was really cute on Christmas. She loved every single thing that she opened. Was just like so pumped up. Yeah. She, I almost feel weird about talking about Santa so much with her because I don't because you're like lying to your child. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's just kind of weird, like when you yeah, think about it. it. Yeah, because this is the first year, you know, she's two where she's like getting what's going on. So it was kind of mm. funny this year. She's like Santa. She's always saying Santa. <laughs> she's like Santa. And there's a next door, the um, house next door. They have like a blow up Santa in their yard. Uh-huh. And Juna, now we have to, like, lock – we have to deadbolt and, like, put lockproof things on our door because she'll just run outside. Like, she runs oh outside God. the front door now and because of Santa next door. So, like, one time she ran outside oh, no. and was, like, standing in the neighbor's yard, like, looking at Santa. <laughs> That's so creepy. And then in the daytime when it's all deflated, she's like, Santa's sleeping. <laughs> like, yeah. Anyways, I went on a tangent there. That's cute. By the way, our neighbors downstairs moved out, Ooh. and there's new people moving in, and they just started hammering. <laughs> so, right now, literally yes. the second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's picking up. Okay. I mean, whatever. I, hopefully, it won't. <sighs> you know what? This is but life. It, Deal with yeah. it. No one's fucking thriving right now. To no quote one's fucking Delane. thriving. <laughs> Just remember that. No one is thriving. Nobody is thriving. Even the people that look like they are, they're they're not. Like, how can anybody thrive right now? Everyone's Except lying. for people in New Zealand who fucking had their shit together, who had a government that paid for them to stay home for several months, and now they have no coronavirus. Those are the only people thriving. Those nice people. I hate them. <laughs> Did anything um, else make you cry, cry? Um, that's only, like, crazy I mean, crying things. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. Don't get it confused. Uh, a, those are the only crying things I had. Yeah. I was going to mention two things I've been watching on TV that have been that have made me cry. One, have you seen the Little Peep documentary? Little Peep. No. Okay, so Little this Peep? is yeah, this is like uh, where Chris and I felt really old and went down like a rabbit hole. <laughs> so I don't know if you saw the SNL episode where like. It was Timothy Chalamet, Timoteo. I've seen them all. I've okay. seen them all. <laughs> Our sweet baby Tim Tim. Little baby Tim. Yeah. So him, when he and what's his name? The fucking tall tattooed guy. Yeah. Yeah. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. When they were doing like that skit that was making fun of the like white ta- face yes. tattoo rappers. Yeah. Yes. So I was like, oh, I don't, I was just like, I don't know anything about that whole like. Yeah subculture at all right. you know and so I was like I remember there was some documentary on Netflix that was about one of like a face tattooed kid that I thought might have been part of that whole scene yeah yeah Lil Peep is his okay. name Gus is his real name in real life was his name because oh, no. he OD'd um and so the documentary is about his life and he's not a rapper per se it's like this weird type of music that's kind of like rap but it's like it's essentially emo it's just emo with like samples in the background okay and uh and they all have face tattoos and do shitload of drugs and we are so old i was like i had never (laughs) heard of this type of 
music or like this whole subculture of kids that are doing this shit but apparent like it blew my mind it was really sad because the kid's actually really sweet yeah and his family seems really cool and it was just super sad because it didn't you know it's just like one of those things where he just started blowing up and he didn't want to leave his friends behind and they were all drug addicts and just took advantage of him and just partied really really hard and he was uh clinically like depressed and bipolar you know so he just you know Mm -hmm. it's it was trippy and also it was trippy because a lot of it is captured on social media because he's part of that so it's like really weird like the night he died it's like like on on his instagram you know what i'm saying so anywho that's a but it's a really good documentary because it's this whole like i said subculture of kids that's like they're like to me i was like oh these are like the new punk that's like the new Mm. crusty punk basically yeah because they're all they were all like squatting in huge warehouses in skid row and just like having these ragers in skid row wait i feel like there was a story on laist about how one of these warehouse people got like taken down by the county because of covid like they were still having these raging parties in the warehouses yes down in skid row and like they had to come shut him down and arrest all these people for like, like fucking stop throwing parties right now, guys. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't wow. be surprised cause they're all totally like just twacked out of their mind. Like pro- they're all like, you know, anarchists. So I don't think right. they would really care if they get COVID or even right. think about the global issue of it. Who knows? Mm. I mean, Lil Peep, I love Lil Peep. Maybe he would understand. I don't know. <laughs> is it a series or just it's a documentary it's one it's kind of long it's called everybody's everything but it's just it's really good it's really good okay i'm gonna watch that and then i also cried i haven't finished it yet but i've been crying through um a teacher on hulu really crying yeah crying because i just feel so bad for the little for the boy in it right wow because it's just so sad to see like how toxic masculinity is uh, you know the patriarchy is making it so that he can't really heal from this like sexual abuse that he experienced from his teacher or whatever because they're like you're the man for fucking your teacher and like so he's like internalizing all this trauma uh so that's kind of really intense and the little the actor i mean i say little but he's like in real life i was like how what how old are they in real like you know right is this okay and of course they're like pretty close (laughs) in age in real life or actually no she is she's old she's 37 uh what's her name kate mara kate mara and kid i forget his name but he's uh 25 i think it was so 12 years apart yeah yeah, that's still pretty a huge gap i guess but yeah i mean doesn't matter any 25 and 30 i don't know anyways <laughs> he's, he's really cute <laughs> he's really cute he's kind of a little haughty that's why you look him up you're like am i being gross <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like same with timothy shalom i think he just turned 25 but yeah. i was like i feel so gross because <laughs> he legit looks like a boy so i feel really yeah. creepy with, about that one but what can you do i mean whatever tc <clears throat> yeah anyways those are those are the Those crying are things. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally watch little peepers. <laughs> little peep, yeah, it's good. Yeah. You'll Aww. sob, you'll cry. Okay. He's really. Tell me who he reminds you of, and okay. listeners, tell me who you think he reminds you of, because he 
uh, his face, like, I swear to God, he's, like, some other actor or maybe somebody I know personally. I don't know. Oh, maybe. But he just looks so familiar to me. Like, I know him. Yeah. Right. But I don't at all know that guy. <laughs> what about Amazing? We're talking about Amazing. This one was really hard. Let's preface what we, because we came up with kind of a definition of amazing, but I don't know if even what I have. So like, what did we say? Like for, for crying, it was just like. Stuff, normal shit that makes you Normal shit, but like we were trying to focus on like happy. Oh, I I didn't. I mean, it's fine. (laughs) Um, And then amazing. What was that? Amazing, we said. Is gonna is something that is awe inspiring or something that maybe you didn't know, just something that is exciting. Yeah. Okay. And I, then crazy is more like this guy fucked up. Let's talk about this. Like, like what the, the fuck? fuck did this yeah. How? Why? So yeah, amazing. This was really hard. So I just like literally went back in my phone and was like scrolling things that I liked previously on different social media accounts. Like, so there was this woman, Harriet Glickman, and she died this year. And in her obituary, they highlighted this amazing fact about her life. She um, was a teacher in SoCal and she was teaching, you know, in the sixties. And when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated, she was like trying to think, about you know what could she do to help change our society that led to this assassination and so she wrote to charles schultz of the peanuts gang and you know wrote to him i've been asking myself what i can do to help change those conditions in our society which led to the assassination and which contribute to the vast sea of misunderstanding hate fear and violence and so you know she just asked him you know if he could just play a small part and promote tolerance and interracial friendship by including a black character in his strip. So she sent this letter off to him and expecting like no response. And he, he did write back and he said he was considering her suggestion, but he worried that if he created a character, you know, black parents might think he was being condescending to their family. Mm. He asked her, what he could do and so she asked some of her black friends like how can we make this character relatable basically they just said just just draw a black character like he doesn't have to have he doesn't need to be different he doesn't need to have this remarkable backstory like just draw him like it doesn't need to be this you know this thing and and so right and so then he wrote her back and said i I have drawn an episode which i think will please you and then franklin was born um, and, and, you know, he got so much praise from across the country and obviously like the South protested it, but, you know, he just, he just kept him in there. And so, you know, like that was like the first black comic book character in like ever, I guess. And, you know, to just kind of, kind of integrate, like this is a kid, he's friends with these other kids and they're just going to like normal go on their adventures. Mm-hmm. They're just going to, and so like. I just thought that was really amazing that like just this, you know, little school teacher just decided to write a letter and like it changed the trajectory of the Peanuts gang. So, but yeah, she passed away this year. So that's why it came up because they put it in her obit. And actually, fun fact, her son works at my job. So (laughs) that's also like a cool connection. And um, uh, they, you know, 
he talked about it. Like he kind of let us all know that his mom was really cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. And I like that, that it was like, you know, the goal wasn't to like how they just blended this character in like as part of the normal landscape, like normalizing right having friends of other races whereas yeah. it wasn't like this huge right to do yeah exactly yeah. or like or something that where it's like he's patting himself on the back for for right. um tokenizing a character basically yeah so for my amazing i just wanted to almost this sound it's gonna sound like an ad but whatever <laughs> i mean we're talking about shit we like right yeah so as many people were experiencing when all this shit was going down with COVID and lockdown and blah, blah, blah. I started doing some deep soul searching. <laughs> and part of that, beyond just educating myself on a variety of, of issues, I also needed to do some deep dive into my own way of being. And part of that meant I was looking a little closer at astrology. So, oh my god, I was just going to joke that you get some crystals. <laughs> yes, totally. No, not crystals. But it's a full I, moon tonight, don't forget to charge them. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. I instead um, got really into Chani Nicola, Nicholas and mm-hmm. her book, You Were Born for This, uh, which is like a, a guide to your birth chart. Remember I was texting you? Yeah. <laughs> Have you read it yet? You need to read no. it. No. Okay. I got her app. But okay, I got the app too. That's the other thing I was going to say. The I've app done. is really yeah. good. So the book is awesome. It's just basically, uh, well, obviously it's critical for your birth chart if you know the exact time that you were mm-hmm. born because it's uh, you could be really off if you don't have the time. Yeah. Right? So uh, anyways, the book is really cool because if you don't know Chani Necklace, she basically, you know, she tells astrology with like a very um, – kind of like with the social justice lens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like the way she writes. And, like, she's also super feminist. And, like, for example, um, as she's talking, as she's explaining the different um, parts of the birth chart, she uses, like, Frida Kahlo and Maya Angelou as, like, examples. Like, she talks about their birth chart mm-hmm. throughout the book. So that's kind of engaging. And the book also includes, like, affirmations. So for each chapter that you read about your, um, you know, your moon or whatever, there's, like, there's like writing prompts and affirmations that kind of help you think about just self-reflect a little bit and think Mm -hmm. about ways to just really, you know, make the best of yourself and the talents that you have and the challenges that you also have. So the crazy thing about that book was that it basically said um, that I really, and I, so I was like crying (laughs) and texting (laughs) Dell because it was saying that, it's really important for me to have like um, a creative outlet in my life in partnership with somebody I'm really connecting with and feel really good about connecting with. And that one of my, one of the, the things in my life that is persistent is talking about and using creativity to reflect on like helping well helping people through like trauma which was interesting yeah so it was like you might be really good at like trauma-informed um you know teaching or things like that so which is kind of funny because at my new job that's 
one of the offerings that we have having trauma-informed practices better implemented at public schools Mm. but anywho uh so this book is awesome I think it's amazing because it was pretty accurate in a lot of places the app was pretty trippy so the app is also if you pay for the extra thing you can get like it really tailored based on your entire birth chart so I (laughs) paid for it (laughs) and there was one that was talking about how my moon conjuncts my venus (laughs) Or not really my Venus, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it is my Venus. Moon conjunct my Venus on December 29th through December 30th. It says the connections that you value get amplified today. My baby girl, Del. Turn your mics up. (laughs) Those that help you understand your needs come to your aid in the subtlest of comments. A moment in passing, but the impression is made. Take note of who helps you come back to yourself and how the interactions inspire you to grant yourself permission to feel what you are feeling or give yourself what you need and I was like how funny that I'm recording on this day and then the other thing that was like amazing and trippy was it was talking about one of the transits in here it was talking about how since July 2020 which is when I moved here said since july 2020 a big struggle for me has been about how to build and protect my sanctuary oh my god like my personal space (laughs) yeah whoa and dealing with the comp the complexity of what it means to be in a family Mm -hmm. and like my family around me and stuff like that that that's been like a challenge for me like interpreting that like what home means to me yeah all that kind of stuff so I thought that was pretty amazing. That's and pretty like, wild. Tripped me out a little bit. So Chani Nicholas, yeah. I like her. I think she's pretty. She's always pretty dead on, in my opinion. Um, I found the text that you sent me, and oh. it said <laughs> when you first got the app and um, uh, or the book. Yeah, writing creativity in a personal way, honestly sharing pain or trauma in partnership with others who build you up, recognize me. And who enjoys brainstorming, idea sharing, stories of loss and empathy. Goal is to give others the skills to also heal. So that's, yeah. And you were like, um, this is our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, get up on this, this, this lady's uh, Follow her on Instagram at least and read her, read her horoscopes. But I kind of feel like for me, because I'm a Leo, (laughs) I feel like uh, I relate to some of my other signs a bit more than like Leo straight up because I'm not like while I do, there are aspects of it that I relate to with Leo. Like I'm not really one that loves, loves being like the center of attention all the time. Mm -hmm. I guess I do in some ways, but like, (laughs) I don't know, like my moon sign is cancer, for example. So that's like super emo and my rising sign is Capricorn, which means like super determined, goal setting, Ugh. like crazy, <laughs> a little bit psycho. So yeah. <laughs> I think that wraps me up pretty, pretty well. So I think it's good to look at your entire birth chart. Totally. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just looking at all these other apps I have. Oh, <laughs> now you're like cleaning the, your phone. Astrolo- no, I have like three astrology apps. Um, and I'm just wondering like if I put the same birth time in all of them. <laughs> what will it say? I know. Yeah. Like... If, it, if it's off by a minute, but mm-hmm. what was your anyway, birth time? It was like three thirty in the morning, but like, I don't know the exact, like three thirty two or three thirty 
Yeah, something like that. Mine was 5.34 p.m. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So, 5.34. Anyway. (laughs) Numerology. Let's get into numerology now. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right. Well, that was my amazing is just a shout out to the stars (laughs) in the sky and the planets. And how they align. And how they align. (laughs) The transits. With your chakras. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Next up for Mel, Crystal Town. <laughs> nah. Although, yeah, I will say that, I mean, I like crystals, but it's not. They're pretty. Yeah, they're pretty. I like crystals. I'm just, it's too much to get into. I'd rather just read about the stars. Although I will say I bought like a rock. It was from, what's that place called? House of Intuition. I bought, when oh, I was yeah. like trying to get pregnant, I did, and having challenges associated with that, I bought like some sort of rock or stone that was like a, you know, fertility thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did get pregnant after that. Yeah. And Chris and I do say it was because the stone. I put it on my... uh I put it on my bedside table, and then when I would read <laughs> books at night, I would just, like, put it on my chest or whatever. Or you're supposed like, to put it... <laughs> did you put it in your vagina? <laughs> it's like a tampon. No. Ew, that's so gross. Well, I like, put it on your body while you're You're supposed to, to put it, actually, at, like, by your belly. So mm-hmm. I did. I just, like, rested it there while I would read. I didn't meditate. I know it's fucking weird, but you know what? Women do weird stuff. Get over it. <laughs> it's hard being a lady. It is. You got to do all that you can. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. If you, need, if you need a rock on your belly to make yourself feel confident, do it. Do it. Rock that shit. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I think next up is um, the crazy mm-hmm. um, chapter of our podcast. And I think we both have the same one mm-hmm. because it's literally the craziest thing that happened this week. I love it so much. Um. I don't even know how to say her fake first name. Ilaria. Ilaria Hillary. Hillary, uh, fucking white girl Hillary. White girl Hillary Baldwin. Baldwin. In case you don't know, but everyone should know this. But when I mentioned it at work, nobody knew what I was talking about. She's kind of a Baldwin. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry. Good one. Yeah. <clears throat> Alec Baldwin's wife, who was like 26 years her his junior. I never, okay, can I just like put a pause real quick and say, sure. I don't really know what that means when people say it when they're like, this many years, his senior or his junior. Like, what is that? So like, if she is 26 years his junior, that means she's 26 years younger. If I were to reverse it and say senior. he is 26 years her senior, then. Got like, it. Yeah. Thank you. It's kind of like every time somebody says the latter or the former, I have to like oh. really think about it because I always forget <laughs> which one is which. For some reason that. And prior. Same with, with prior sometimes. <laughs> I used to be like prior, prior, prior. Prior, priors before. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's really funny. That's smart. <laughs> you are. Um, just in different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's fine. Creative. I'm just creative. But yeah, so, you know, these like internet sleuths discovered this week are Was one of it our Tracy? Favorites. Was she the one that broke it? Tracy Morrissey? 
I don't know if she broke it or if she saw it like trending on Twitter okay. and like and did the just, first deep dive. But I love her. Yeah, Tracy Morrissey. Who does she work? Tracy for? Egan Morrissey was a big fan of hers when she was Slut Machine. That's what mm. she used to was like right her for. pen name. Oh, oh, it oh. was like her blog. She had a blog called Slut Machine, and then she was a writer for Jezebel when Jezebel was pretty cool, and then right. it got shitty. Uh, and her oh, write her pen name was. there was Slut Machine, and she would just talk about like kind of sex related stuff. Yeah. But, like, super funny. Yeah, Just yeah. super, super funny. Uh, but And then she was, like, a producer for Vice for a little while. That's, yeah. Uh, and she has this thing called Pot Psychology. It's a mm-hmm. podcast now, but it was, like, a video series, vlog mm-hmm. series with her buddy Rich. I forgot his last name. I forgot yeah. how to say his last name. I know his last name. I just don't know how to say it, so I'm not going to oh. say it. Um. Anyways, oh. so Tracy Egan Morrissey. Sorry, that app just told me to get off the phone and go look at the moon. <laughs> Which, Channy? Yeah. <laughs> Did it tell you that? No, what the hell? Hmm. I just gave her a huge fucking free ad and she <laughs> won't even tell me to look at the moon? Come on, girl. <laughs> so yeah, so Tracy Morrissey, you can, if you find her on Instagram, she has... Um, archived in her stories what is that called highlights highlights um her whole deep dive on ilaria <clears throat> and basically ilaria was pretending for many years that she grew up and came from spain and has this fake ass accent mm-hmm. that, and and you can in in tracy's highlights you can like she posts videos where her accent is like morphing throughout the interview and at one point in an interview, she or she's doing some cooking, and she's like, "How you say this in English?" And the girl's like, "Cucumber." <laughs> like, she's like, "Oh yes, cucumber." <laughs> so then it came How out. How do you that... say <laughs> cucumber? Um, yeah. So it came out. I guess like all these people from her high school were like, "She's a white girl from Boston. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just straight up." Lying. And Tracy, like, did a deep dive into her, like, family's history. Yes. And, like, literally none of them are Spanish. They're, nope. like, they've been, they're, like, straight up, like, generation upon generation of East Coast, like, New Englanders. Settlers. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I guess her parents are now retired in Spain. Mm-hmm. And she's spent time in Spain. Spain. But she's not Spanish at all. And <laughs> just like the doubling down of her and Alec of like, you know. The media is evil. Like how dare they point out that she's lying. <laughs> yeah, they're attacking her and bullying her by basically stating facts. Um, Even though she's like Rachel Dolezaling the shit out of being Spanish. Mm-hmm. But like just ridiculous um you know it reminds me like so i feel like people do what she's doing a lot like when you're young like maybe in high school i so or like younger like junior high like for example i went i went to england with a group of students when i was in junior high school like as like this exchange program Mm -hmm. and there were kids 
on our trip like i remember this one girl that was like really cool hot girl that or hot as hot can be in junior high but you know what i'm saying like the cool <laughs> yeah, girl yeah, yeah. Yeah. and she would like pretend like when we were there we were there for three weeks and like on the second week she like started having a british accent you know what i mean because like right. oh i've just been around it so long you know right. kind of like the madonna thing but um <sighs> You know, and so I feel like people do that, but like they don't live in a, they're, they don't live on camera and in such a public life. So they're just not getting caught for it or right. the, yeah. but she's it's just a- like doing it, but like people are going to hold you accountable because you're in the public sphere, right. you know? It's like white girls go somewhere, wish they were more interesting and like take on 100%. Like, like freaking Housewives fans, Dorit from, Beverly Hills like has this weird Madonna accent and she's like you know from some podunk who cares town I think just what sets this one apart is that literally in like her professional bios and stuff it's like and in interviews that she's done with reporters Mm -hmm. she's straight up said that she was like born in Spain and like grew up in Spain or whatever and they moved from Mallorca so she could go to NYU and it's like and then Tracy does the math and straight up post videos of her parents who are like professors doing lectures prior to that in perfect English. In like Cape Cod or something. Yes. And like. <laughs> it's amazing. Mm. It's amazing. So, I mean, actually, it's crazy. It's really crazy. <laughs> it's not amazing. It is. It's a combo. But yeah, this is the crazy one because she's fucking yeah. psycho. She's psycho. Mm -hmm. And, like, just the fact that, like, her and Alec are just doubling down that, like, she's an amazing woman. Oh, also, her big thing is, like, getting really pregnant. Like She has five kids. In New York City. Um, Getting really pregnant and then, like, becoming super thin two weeks after. Yeah, and, like, posting... Yeah, posting those pictures of herself really thin right after giving birth or whatever. Yeah, and it's just, that. yeah, it's just not, like, because she's a yoga, a yoga, a yogi, and is a nutritionist, so, like, you can do this, too, but it's literally impossible for almost every... Yeah, unless you're rich and you can afford all that, like, a personal trainer. But who right. cares? It's beautiful. Your body is, like, right. made to have a baby and look all weird afterwards, and people yeah. should be stoked <laughs> on it because you just fucking earned that, those roles. Created. Yeah, you just created a human. Give yourself a break. Yeah. And anyway, she's an idiot. Alec Baldwin's an idiot. Yeah, did you watch his video? I didn't. I only read read parts of it. um, But like his whole thing of like, consider the source. Yeah. Fucking journalists. He goes on. That's the source. He goes on this like huge. uh, It's like really long. I didn't watch the whole thing, but it's most. I like fast forward through a bunch of it, but. Because he doesn't get till his wife bit until the very end. But the whole thing is him, like, slowly talking about, like, how terrible social media is and how, like, Twitter is, like, a dumpster fire and blah, blah, blah. And, like, basically just talking shit about everyone on social media. And, like, he's Literally only on it. the platform his wife earns her fucking yeah. and he's whatever. And he's, like, saying, oh, he's only on it because, like, his managers tell him that's the way he has to promote his, the products that he makes, the movies, and, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. So, anyways, it's just, like, so stupid. Like, why defend it? Just be, like... Right. 
she I mean, she's into Spain. She's like kind of stupid. <laughs> like, right. I don't know. Like, but she's not Spanish. Like, stop. I mean, I guess there was an LA Times article where she like apologized and admitted it, but like, stop doubling down then mm-hmm. on these other platforms. It's just so ridiculous. It's Dude, it so reminds crazy. me. So when I was, I may have mentioned this before, but when I was in elementary school in sixth grade, there was, I had this newish friend who, uh, was I thought she was so cool. She was like a she surfed, like her and her family surfed um in sixth grade and she was really pretty, blah, blah, blah. Anyways. So she told me when we first met that she lived in France. <laughs> this is in sixth grade. She wow. told me that in okay. like fourth and fifth grade, she lived in France and she knew French and all this stuff and she like knew a little bit of phrases in French but I didn't know any French so I was like wow you know and I (laughs) thought it was so cool and she would talk a lot about like all this time that she spent in France or whatever and I was at her slumber party and uh like her birthday party and her mom mentioned something about France or French and I was like oh yeah well you know it's really cool that Jenna or Jenna was in France or, you know, like, it's not like yeah. I'm going to live there. I don't remember what the context yeah, was, yeah, yeah. but she was like, what are you talking about? Jenna's never been to France. None of us have ever been to France. And I was like, <laughs> so shocked because I'm like this naive kid. And I remember I just stood there like, what? I, but she said that you guys live there. And she was like, who cares if she said that? And I was like, no, she lied. Like she's she told lying. me. Yeah. And she just, she's like, Melanie, drop. The mom was like yelling at me like, Melanie, drop it. Like, it's okay that she said, Melanie, drop it. Because I was like obsessing over. I was like, no, right. she's like been fabricating these stories for like this whole school year. It's like not okay, mom. Yeah. Like, and her mom was so mean to me about daughter. it. She's like, Ew. I remember her mom like yelled at me like, Melanie, drop it. And I was just like. Ew. Yeah. First of all, do not yell at children that are mm-hmm. not your own. And like your kid is the one that came. Is like, a liar. Yeah. Anyways. Gross. So basically, um, that's what this woman is. Iladia. <laughs> she's Iladia. The, the kid that lies about living in France. Right. Um, so she's an idiot. But Tracy's deep dive investigation is really worth checking out on Instagram highlights. And we will post it on our episode guide on our website, which is cryingamazingcrazy.com oh duh and then I guess yeah so before this episode we'll get our social media back going speaking of how much how shitty social media is I mean it really was a bittersweet (laughs) I don't know I'm trying to do a segue yeah the end of 2020 is kind of bittersweet huh yeah I feel like the song popped in my head (laughs) I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Cause 2020 sucks and then we die. <laughs> <laughs> I think 2020 and and like let's also just address this the stroke of midnight on December 31st is not going to magically transform the world like I'm so over all of the 2020 bashing it is garbage and it does fucking suck but 2021 is going to be just as shitty up until probably this time next year so yeah 
Yeah, we might, if we don't get our shit together, guys, we might have another yeah. holiday season. Don't get your bullshit, hopes up. So. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to continue to be 40 until I can go on my trip to celebrate my 40th. Yeah. Even if it means I'm 43. <laughs> Dude. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, this song. Yeah, super... maybe I'll be forty, and then yeah. <laughs> you can pretend to be forty-two, and we'll do it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this song r- really is just like the perfect, you know, song for twenty twenty. Even though it's over twenty years old, because mm-hmm. um, this year has been super bittersweet. Like it's fucking sucked my butthole. However, <clears throat> you know, it forced us all to come to terms with what matters made us all be closer to family, made us all question the meaning of life and think about like your neighbor and caring for others. Um, you know, and also not being able to see the people that you want to see and have life experiences with. So it's just been a super bittersweet year. Yeah. Everything that Del said. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why she picked this song. It's so good. Perfect. Um, so let's get into it. Yeah. 1997 was the yeah. year from the album Urban Hymns. So were the you into Verve. the Verve or what? Big time. I was a huge Britpop girl. Mm-hmm. I loved Verve. I'm sorry. The, the Verve. Pulp. Oasis was like meh. Oh, that's funny. Um, I feel like the Verve is. I love Blur. 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 blur, 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 Yeah, it was like Blur versus Oasis, and I was Team Blur. One hundred percent. I feel like the Verve is kind of a poor man's Oasis, though. I will say that. Sorry. I think Oasis is a poor man's everything, and the Verve um, tops Oasis in my book. But like, I would go to Britpop clubs. In the late 90s, one of them specifically called Bang. Yeah, I've been there. Um, you didn't have to be 21 to go to that. Nope. It was 16 and over. Which is creepy as fuck. And then when you We've turn talked about this before. Yeah. And when you turn 21, you're like, why am I here? Uh-huh. Bye. Yeah, you're like, okay. It's like all pedophiles yeah. and young girls. Yep. And then there was another one called Paravion. And like we would go dressed like dorks. Like... In our fucking turtleneck sweaters and like knee high boots because we were like Britpop. <laughs> Even but though I, it's like hot as shit in there. Yeah, yeah. It was like disgusting to dance like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this was their third studio album. The song used a sample from a Rolling Stone song called The Last Time, which, by the way, I didn't know this until I looked into this, um, was also sampled from the Staples singers. Mm -hmm. So again, white men stealing content from black creators and claiming it as their own and getting all of the riches from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, so there was... So many layers to this song. So many layers. So when when the Verve's Bittersweet Symphony came out, there was a lawsuit. I don't know if you want to get into. Yeah, yeah. It's that. interesting. Uh huh. Do it. Oh, oh, the lawsuit. Yeah. So, be- <laughs> I thought you were, I'm like sitting on the edge of my seat. I just feel like I'm talking so much. <laughs> no. So, yeah. So, basically, uh, okay. So, there was the, the Rolling Stone song, The Last Time, which everyone knows that one. This might be the last time. Well, so their manager 
he had a orchestral covers album of Rolling Stone songs. And so, because actually, I don't even think that the, um, when you listen to the Bittersweet Symphony, like you can't even hear to me, yeah. I can't hear the melody of the, uh, that Rolling Stone song at all, but it's because it was, he's actually using a sample from an orchestral mm-hmm. uh cover of the last time that their manager had on this album that's actually really rad now i want to find that on vinyl because i started listening to it after researching this song but so it's on an album called the andrew old oldham andrew oldham orchestra so they used so he used a sample of that and um it was like all this drama even after the song got like i guess he paid for some rights to the song but not all of it or something and so they like backpedaled and we're like well we need right so the verb negotiated rights to use a six note sample from the recording but mm-hmm. then they used more so then that's when it came into like it's you know anyway that's when it became a problem right and so richard ashcroft he basically only was given a thousand dollars wasn't it dollars yeah one thousand yeah. dollars uh for um so that he could continue to use it. And then he had to change the, he had to change the writing credits to Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. Keith Richards. So crazy. Yeah. And then it wasn't until 29. So, and then the manager, I forget his name. Uh, Alan something. Alan Klein. Alan Klein got all the royalties money for and this song. By this the song. Way, it's just like a huge hit. Huge hit. It's still on like top 20 list. Everyone loves best it. Songs I love it to this day. Time. It's a fucking awesome yeah. song. So, like, you know, the Stones are making all this money and Alan Klein are making all this money off of this song that, you know, they actually stole from somebody else. <laughs> right. So, in, then in 2019, they finally, the Rolling Stones finally gave back the publishing mm-hmm. rights to yeah. Richard Ashcroft, which is like, super cool um and then richard ashcroft yeah well he put out this statement just saying that like the remarkable and life-affirming turn of events was made possible by a kind and magnanimous or something magnanimous gesture from megan key i just made that up i'm not even reading what you're reading (laughs) who have also agreed really yeah who have also agreed that they are happy for the writing credit to exclude their names and all the royalties derived from the song they will now pass on to me so that's really cool and then you know he'd like to thank them and at the end you know he just writes music is power and he has a huge unreserved heartfelt thanks and respect to mick and keith so that's cool like mm-hmm. mick and keith you know finally were like okay we've made enough money off of this yeah they're like we're gonna die soon anyways so yeah that's um, i love this song and it always yeah. makes me think of the cruel intentions soundtrack yeah. which that soundtrack is really good Dude, I love the Verve. I have their albums. I even like have some of Richard Ashcroft's solo albums and wow, like other things, songs that he was on. Anyway, so the big question is, do you think he's hot? I was gonna say that's the big question. It's kind of like I, a heroin chic vibe. Yes, I think he's nineties hot, mm-hmm. and I Today, think mm. I don't know. Yeah, and he I looks think really skinny. When you get when you know when we get into the video like there's a girl at the 350 mark that thinks he's hot she like stops and oh yeah checks him out yeah so the video <laughs> is also freaking awesome for this song if you haven't seen it 
stop this pod, go look it up and watch it. There's also an alternative version. I forgot to watch that. But I feel like I saw it back in the day. Like they would play both of them. Yeah. It wasn't that surprising to me either. So that must have been the case. So there's. Yeah. So the video is he's walking. It's like a single shot. And he's walking, you know, with face. It's like docu-film style. Mm -hmm. He's like facing the camera walking. Is it a werewolf at your house? I don't know. It's the dog next door. Yeah, it's funny because this dog is really crazy next door. And Juna, my daughter, she'll be like, calm down, doggy. She'll say, calm down, calm down. Because she hears me say that to her dad a lot. Calm down, dude. Calm down. I love that. That's so cute. So anyways, he's walking on this like busy street in London. And he's just walking super straight. And like Mm -hmm. any anything that comes in his path, he just like bumps. Like he's walking in a straight line. Yeah. And um, so he's like bumping all these people, which is kind of funny to watch. Like now when it reminds me of like when you're (laughs) I don't know when you're just like the reactions of the people to him. It reminds me of like my reaction when like somebody's not social distancing. Totally. Get out of my space. (laughs) Like what the fuck? That's not six feet. Yeah. And then the alter- alternate version is where he uh, he gets beat up. So he, yeah. he gets beat up in the middle of that by like, he gets jumped basically. And yeah, then he, he just like, like gets up and he, he has like blood going. all over his face and just yeah. continues on his walk. And then at the end, the rest of the band like joins him and then you're like just watching them walk away. It's, it's really simple, cool. but it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like, you know, fun to watch everybody bump into him and you know, react. I noticed um, he was wearing a pair of Clarks that actually Chris has. That's awesome. Yeah. I was also noticing that he was wearing that 90s, like, layers, cool guy leather jacket that's, like, way too big. Like, the shoulder pads mm-hmm. come way out. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's just, like, That's what I'm saying. Flowy. He looks really skinny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think he's hot. I, I did see. I think he's hot. I did see photos of him today. And I don't, I feel like he should gain some weight and then maybe he could still be on oh is he really he's still skinny um, i don't know how how recent they were i'm gonna hmm. actually google him right now <laughs> yeah but it's the end song in cruel intentions when she's like driving away in ryan Phillippe's car oh right and it's like the crane shot so good i mean i don't know when this is from yeah he he does not oh let me see she's holding it up to our zoom he looks hot, kind of, maybe. He but just, he's wearing sunglasses. But, like, his face is, like... He looks good. You don't <laughs> think he looks good? I think he looks good. He looks old. Mm. I think you're just not seeing how old he is. You know looks. who's hot is, what's his name, the singer of Blur? Damon Alburn? Yeah. Dude, yeah. That guy's, that guy's like, mega babe now. Like, yeah. he, like, yeah. he almost got hotter, I feel. He aged very well. He aged very, very well. Did you go to the Hollywood Bowl when they played a couple of years ago? Uh, who else played with them? Do you remember? Um, I don't think so. I don't remember, but it was really good. I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And Blur's on the Cruel Intention soundtrack, too. I'm all thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. But yeah, um, really good video. It also won like all kinds of awards, you know, whatever that means. But, you know, I think it was interesting, too, that like the Britpop era was kind of a reaction to the darkness of grunge mm. so it was like you know super poppy and it's not happy but well it kind of has a happy i mean not this song in particular yeah. but a lot of it kind of had like that happy 
vibe, even right. though the lyrics weren't yeah, really yeah. happy, but it totally. was more like upbeat and tempo. Yeah, especially like pulp, like a lot of yeah. those songs. I never really got into pulp. All those guys are super skinny. <laughs> They're probably all doing drugs. Yeah. It was like that train spotting. Oh, yeah. Chic era. Like crop tops. Yeah. <laughs> skinny boys and crop tops, which Dude. is like now every kid on TikTok like that one. Ew. Do you watch TikTok? Only when people send me stuff. I don't have an account, though. I really like TikTok. <laughs> I was reading I'm an so article. Bad. About how, I think it was in Book Forum, about how TikTok, like, really saved everybody from the lock, like, work from home pandemic. You know, it was just, like, the article talks about how, you know, everyone, like, you could escape for, like, 15 seconds Mm -mm. or, like, go down a wormhole. No, you cannot. You cannot escape for 15 seconds. There's no way. With TikTok, let me just put... You can escape from reality for 15 seconds or hours long you know, only just... hours long that's the only option with tiktok <laughs> i'm not kidding you i swear to god like for real there's no it's like that's a black hole need to not have it i guess it really but I, I do appreciate when people send me like ones that they there's love. this one kid that like does dance like i actually follow a kid that does dances like that's how into <laughs> I, it i am i really really fucking love tracy morrissey again posting like she'll post a bunch of tiktoks in her stories that are like a tiktok trend and it has like all these kids doing this Mm -hmm. trend and it's they're really funny like she picks really good ones to like repost yeah she has a similar uh for you page as me dude have you heard of um depop the app it's like where you can buy and sell clothing like used clothing vintage clothing and stuff yes because well maybe not I have heard of it, probably from Tracy. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> has it, an ad. She had an ad for it, but I just heard about yeah. it like maybe two weeks ago. And maybe from Erica Jane, also of Housewife fame, whose husband just got in trouble for embezzling $2 million from work. And they're accusing them of stealing the money to use on their lavish lifestyle. And so she was trying to sell all of her designer clothing on and the judge was like, you have to stop. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's part of this whole thing. Well, anyway. I was looking at it, and it's just funny because all the stuff, like, you can put, like, the styles of clothing that you're into. Oh. But it was, like, 90s slash Y2K. Like, Y2K Whoa. is, like, a clothing trend. But it was weird because it wasn't, um, like, you could only do vintage, and then you could put in brands. But I was like, I want to put in, like, a specific era. Like, I really like 70s kind of clothing. Some Vintage, yeah, when yeah. I buy vintage, I like 70s and 60s usually. Right. Um, but it's kind of funny if you think about it because the 90s, they were really into 70s clothing. Yep. Yep. And then. Totally. So does it always skip in the 70s? Were they into, like. So I guess the 70s made a lot of references to the 30s. So like the gap keeps getting smaller and smaller between trends. So it was like the 30s 30s. to the 70s to the 90s to like yesterday. I'm going (laughs) cross-eyed. But a lot of that Y2K stuff is really horrendous to me. It's awful. Like the whole Britney Spice Girls, like all of that. Weird like little sunglasses and like. And like the fucking crop top stuff. 
And the, the pants that went down to your fucking pubes, like the low rise pants, where you had to like shave off all your pubes just to wear jeans. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, your happy trail. And then your whale tail would stick out in the back. Yeah. And like. What a horrible trend. The weird hairstyles, like um, where it's just like a butterfly clips and like little pieces of hair, like, yes. like almost like Cindy Lou Who shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. And like Phoebe on Friends had that yeah. crazy hair. Um, yeah. I don't know why anyone would be into that again. I know. It's so ugly. It's but that's awful. what all the kids dress like on TikTok. Like legit. And did you watch We Are Who We Are on Mm-mm. HBO? Mm-mm. It's really good. It's the same guy that did Call Me By Your Name, same (gasps) director. And it's a series on HBO about these army brats in Italy. They're American. Um, But the main character, Fraser, he's, like, got this amazing wardrobe. But it's kind of like that. Is it fiction or a documentary? It's fiction. Oh, okay. I gotta watch that. It's really, really good. Um, Who's in it? Is anyone famous in it? Or no, you said they're Italian. Oh, Chloe oh, wait, Sevigny no. is the mom. Chloe Sevigny mm. is the mom of the main character. Um, and she's like a army general or whatever. Weird. It's really good. And it's really oh, weird. I think I remember her promoting that because I follow her on yeah. Instagram. And like a lot of people don't like it because it's too weird. But like we loved it. And like it's, you know, you have to like think about it. You have to like. Yeah. After the episode's over, you're like, what the fuck? And then, like, the next day, you're like, that was amazing. Like, anyway, it's really good. That's my thing. I've been thinking about you a lot because I keep seeing the octopus friend or whatever the hell, my octopus (laughs) teacher. Yes. Wait, did you watch it? No, I don't want to watch it because of what you were saying. You guys, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. It's a documentary about this man who, like falls in love and wants to fuck an octopus basically that's not what it's really about <clears throat> but he follows this octopus around every day in the ocean and they become friends but the way he talks about her sounds like he wants to do her like it's so weird <laughs> i keep wanting to say that like my mom keeps being like i heard that was really good and i keep wanting to be like <laughs> my he friends a fucker <laughs> i think he just wants to like have sex with this octopus that's not what it's about at all but <laughs> i mean you should watch it with your mom and then just like sit there and like silently laugh yeah and the soundtrack will be <laughs> all right that's a wrap that's a wrap it's been crying it's been amazing and it's been so crazy fucking crazy we love you guys keep crying keep being crazy keep being amazing keep being amazing we love you and we'll see you hopefully more in 2021 bye cheers Cheers. i don't have anything Ta-da! Yay! What if you were like...